bothered to do the memory verse today? How many of you have any idea what the memory verse is today? John, open some prayer. Amen. Okay, open your Bibles to Exodus 32. I was looking at the, this, I was preparing to teach the class. What came to mind to me was... Uh, Something that left my mind. No. <laughs> uh, what sort of things are written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope? And I say that from the standpoint, you know, when we look at those verses, the context of that, the blanket's in my office, you need to hold your arm up, okay? Um, generally, is to encourage us that we don't have to continue. But sometimes I'm encouraged to realize that God, they mess up as much as I do. Do you ever notice that? When you read the scriptures, <coughs> you better read them with self-application and humility. Because so many times, we like to think about how other people fail God. And we need to remember how we do. Because you're not my problem. And what I mean by that is you don't cause me to have a problem. It's the world, the flesh, or the devil. Don't ever lose sight of that, okay? And so if we get caught in that. And so also one of the biggest things that we have, it's been someone mentioned to me this week, and one of the biggest things to learn from Exodus 32, and as we're looking at the children of Israel this morning, is the need for patience. The need for patience. We get caught up so many times being impatient. And again, <clears throat> they that wait upon the Lord shall what? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I've seen marriages in trouble through the years because they said, well, I was trying to wait, but we got to do something. When you do something and it is not led of the Lord, then it's you who are responsible for the outcome. And generally, if you're responsible for the outcome, it is not going to be a harmonious completion. Amen? All right. Now, we're going to see this as we read. We're going to read Exodus 32, and then we'll get into the lesson. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us, for as, 
As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. You ever find that interesting? They have no idea what happened to Moses. Do you realize that Aaron and Hur and the 70 elders went halfway up? And Moses went up the rest of the way and he also he had Elijah with him part way. And they had no idea what, where he was or what happened to him. Sounds like they're acting like teenagers. Well, I had no idea where you were. Well, that didn't give you reason to destroy the house. And Aaron said unto them, I love this, they don't know where, where Moses is. And Aaron said unto him, unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in, in the ears of your wives, of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them in, at their hand and fashioned it as a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy what? Thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Uh, gods that brought them up out of the land of Egypt? And Aaron said, and Aaron saw it, he built, and when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to who? And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to, and it's part of your memory verse, sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for thy people, which thou broughtest up out of the land of Egypt, um, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt. They have, cor have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a what? Is that you at some times? I know it can be me. Now therefore let me alone in my wrath, that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt, with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountain, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of this evil against thy people." Remember, again, remember, you want words to be defined for you. People try to say, oh, I can't understand the King James Bible. It self-defines when you read it, okay? Because he was telling him to repent. Repentance is a change of mind, an attitude that affects the heart. All right? Remember, Abraham, because your heart won't change if you're not willing to look at something differently. I want you to get that from that point. Remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that thy servants to whom thou swearest by thine own self and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all the land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed and they shall inherit forever. Now what is Moses doing here? He's out loud, he's verbally 
God of God's promises. He's praying out loud. He is claiming Scripture. Understand that in your prayer life. I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all the land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he, see, a change of mind, he thought to do unto his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mount and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. Uh, this is just extra, you don't need to, this is me spouting off, but guess what? When Moses came down the second time, he didn't have the originals. No one has the originals. All right? So when people try to say the original Greek or the original Hebrew, no. Don't you realize that we have a point in our, in our Bible where we learn where a guy used a pen knife and cut out pages. And God had to write them again. And when Joshua heard the, the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, see where was Joshua? He was at the, the, at the mount. There is a noise of war in the camp, and he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is the voice of them that cry for being overcome. But the noise of them that sing do I hear. He's been to Emmanuel. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and brake them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burned it in the fire and ground it into powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? <laughs> excuses, excuses, we hear them every day. And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. Who made the calf, Aaron? For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. So they gave it me, and I cast it into the fire. And there came out this calf. <laughs> and Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among the, their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is the, on the Lord's side? Let him come unto thee. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from the gate to gate throughout the camp. And slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about three thousand men. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. He's saying, Bring judgment into your own family. 
And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now will I go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I will make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned to the Lord and said, Ah, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Well, you ever question? He said, but they weren't of the 3,000? They didn't do anything wrong. There's an old saying, a colloquialism. All it takes for evil to triumph is for what? Good men to do nothing. Now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Now, therefore, now go and lead the people unto the place which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, mine angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day that I, when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron had made. When the day when he visits, whatsoever man sows, so he also reap. Ask Pastor Kenny. One of his favorite verses dealing with people not thinking judgment's coming because it's delayed. It comes. Now, in a church age, you can't lose your salvation, amen? But be sure your sin will find you out. You're going to pay for it. Okay, you're going to pay for it. You can't escape that. You need to understand you can escape the level of the judgment. The level of the discipline. I want you to remember, think about it because this is the adult Sunday school class. As a parent, do you go easier on a child that owns up to what they do and is honest about it and tries to repent or one that lies and tries to cover it up? If you treat them when they lie and try to cover up their sin, the same as you do when they acknowledge it right off the bat, you're not a good parent. Did I offend anybody? Okay? You need to understand that. So now we're going to look at this, this, the events that take place. And again, the purpose of Scripture is to change you. It's to change me. It's to have us apply it to our lives. We like to read it, okay? I've had conversations with people this week, and again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but knowledge of the holy is understanding. You need to understand who God is. Is God patient? Much more so than any human being who walked the face of this earth except the one who was also God. Is God more merciful? Yes, he is. But there still is a cost. And you need to understand that which God says is an abomination. And you say, well, I don't have idols in my house. (laughs) No, it's not in the garage. They're tools. (laughs) Okay. Okay. For me, there's an idol that is just to the left of the sink that I have to fight 
on a daily basis. Okay. Okay. Well, Moses is up on a mountaintop. He's, you know, we talk about mountaintop experiences. He's up there communing with God. He's in a place where he's seeing the glory of God. It's come down and it's before him. He's not seeing God per se because it says no man can see God and live. That's until they see Christ. And Israel's down in the valley. They've just been rescued. They haven't gone that far into the wilderness. It hasn't been that long. All right? And they're, they had watched God bring them out of Egypt. They had watched God part the Red Sea. They had watched God drown Pharaoh's army and close them off from attack. God had been feeding them in the wilderness. Moses was chosen of God to lead them. Be careful about who the people choose. Make sure it's God's choice. And they're in the fertile valley. But all they can see is themselves. He'd been up on, look at Exodus 24 and verse 18. Exodus 24. Verse 18, And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount, how long? Forty days and forty nights. Forty is the number of testing in your Bible. There's just something about it. Guys get real stupid at 40. Mm-hmm. He'd been gone 40 days and 40 nights. God was giving him his, his, the commandments while Israel was breaking them. Now the Ten Commandments, the first commandment is, I am the Lord thy only God. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What is the first and great commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto the first, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. They were breaking the commandments. Isaiah 53. When I tell you there's nothing new under the sun, do you ever realize that we always think that it, when it happens to us, is worse it's never happened to anybody else before. You just don't understand. It's harder to be a teenager today than it was then. You don't understand. And then we sit there and we sing, kids, what's the matter with kids today? Kids, what's the matter with kids? I always try to ruin your mic. Why can't they be like we were perfect in every way? Oh, what's the matter with kids today? Okay. Isaiah 53. Look at verse 6. The beginning of the chapter of Isaiah 53 is a prophecy about the Lamb of God suffering for us. But it says, all we like sheep have what? We have turned everyone to what? 
and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We have everyone's turned to his own way. Well, I think, well, maybe that's not right for you, but it's okay for me. Maybe you don't see it that way. Moses' older brother was his second in leading the children of Israel out, Aaron. Aaron was the mouthpiece for Moses part of the time. You realize that? Aaron was entrusted by Moses went up on the mount to keep the people in line. But you know what happened? Aaron started looking around. He started getting afraid. He got impatient. I've watched pastors ruin churches because they get impatient. I've watched pastors through the years resign their church. They've been there all of five years and things weren't going the way they wanted, so they figured God must be calling them some other place. And I don't know about you, but I know that the number seven is the number of completion in my Bible, and the number nine is the number of fruit. And I've gotten three pastors to stay and continue by reminding them of the Scriptures. And the problem was they got impatient because they started looking around. You know what happens to young adults? And we have a good mix here, don't we? Except some of our young adults are becoming middle-aged people. I don't know why they didn't stay young like me. They start thinking, well, we ought to have this by now. I will have no other gods before me. All right? Aaron got impatient. He was the helper. He was trying to get the people to follow the Lord. Moses goes higher on the mount. Aaron is led, left to put in charge. Exodus 24. Exodus 24. Study the show they self-approved unto God. Doing what? Rightly dividing the words of truth. Okay, Exodus 24. Look at verse 13. And Moses rose up in his ministry, Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, and her are here with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. Well, 3,000 of them comes and complains to, to Aaron, and he gets impatient waiting on God too. Isn't it interesting? God chose Moses, and when you read about him, it says he was the meekest man, where? On the earth. He couldn't talk easily. He didn't present himself well. Now, Aaron was used to help him. But you know what happened in Aaron's life? Aaron started usurping the position, didn't he, along with his sister? Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. See, instead of waiting, they all became impatient. Exodus 32, verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron, who they were supposed to turn to. And Aaron said, wait on the Lord, and you shall renew your strength. 
up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings. Why? Because when the leader loses faith and trust in God, the people follow. It doesn't change. Try to get women to, they need to examine how their future husband treats his mother. Doesn't change. Doesn't change. When you put your faith and trust in a man who is a profligate, you will be let down. Someone who won't wait on God. Someone who doesn't measure his words. Someone who has a problem waiting. Someone who has a problem with how people see him. America gets what we deserve. Right? Donald Trump is not the fourth carpenter. If you don't know what I'm talking about with that, talk to Pastor Kenny. He is not the Savior of America. And you all thought I was talking about who? We all know that Biden's a mess. But we won't acknowledge what's going on with the other one that's at such an idol that people will riot for him. And he doesn't put it down. Aaron should have taken a stand. How many times do you get in trouble because you don't take a stand for God? What's patience? I've had to pray, Lord, give me patience. I wished I had never done that. Because tribulation, how do I know? Because tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Tribulation is going to come. But you know what? Patience means to wait without complaining. And continuing to do your duty, your responsibility, without wavering. We have to wait, wait patiently on the Lord, don't we? Are you waiting patiently for his return? I pray for it every day. But it doesn't give me a right. There's people who threw in the towel in 1988. I don't know if you can remember that. Some of you weren't born yet, maybe. Right? 88 reasons that Jesus is coming back in 1988. Dr. Ruckman was convinced until 94 that, the, that Jesus was coming back in 93. There's a church not too far from here when it came to Y2K. Remember that? The sky was going to fall in 2000. The financial systems of the world were going to collapse. And a pastor spent all the church's money putting in big storage tanks for gas, for propane, and converted the lighting in his church over to propane lights and had his church site declared a FEMA rescue site 
And then 2001 came. And by 2002, he wasn't the pastor of that church. Just, just saying. First, they were impatient. They weren't patient. You know what comes after impatience? You start making idols of the wrong things. Aaron and people began to doubt what God and Moses were doing. Their impatience, their lack of trust turned them to idolatry. For the sake of time, we won't read verses 2 through 8 again of chapter 32. We've already read them. They even agreed to do all that he said. Get remember this, right? Are you ready? They agreed to do what he said. Go back to 24. Exodus 24. Look at the end of verse 3. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All that the words which the Lord hath said, what? We will do. Look at verse 7. And he took the book of the covenant, because they had already been given part of the law, hadn't they? They'd been told certain things they needed to do while they were traveling to the mount. And read the audience of all the people, and they said, All that the Lord hath said, what will we do? And be what? Oh, isn't that amazing? Look at chapter 19. Verse 7, And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will what? God returned the words unto Moses. You want to understand, they said they would do what God said. I've been there. Did you tell God you were going to do this or you weren't going to do that anymore? That you were letting that go? And you're going to pick it up? And you're going to replace it with time with God? And what happened with the time with God? It never becomes a habit. When you get up in the morning, you choose that day to serve God. A habit is what you do in the flesh. A choice is that one you make with your conscious mind. Choose you this day whom you will serve. That was Israel's problem with Moses. That was Israel's problem with Elijah. That is Israel's promise throughout the history of the nation. All that he said, we will do. They agreed to do it. And then Aaron throws gold into the fire, and out comes the calf. And a pig's eye. Aaron had grown up in, in Egypt, the same as Moses. The golden calf was the god Apis, A-P-I-S, in Egypt. Symbolized strength, vigor, and endurance. That was something that Israel needed at that time. They didn't have. But when God didn't act fast enough for them, they rejected him and they turned to the what they knew before they became the people of God. Coincidence? 
We're warned not to return back to the beggarly elements. Put off the old man and put on the new. See, there's nothing new in the sun. They were told to put it off. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof, one end, are the ways of death. There's not multiple ways to heaven. Isn't that what condemns people all the time? There's not multiple Jesuses. There's not multiple gods. Broad is the way that leadeth unto, but narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, life everlasting. You can't get away from it. So you had impatience, which led to idolatry. which leads to immorality. How many things that have you put ahead of God, they became an idol that led you to an immoral thing? Well, I'm not a bad person. I didn't kill anybody. And the killer says, I never messed with children. And the guy who messes with children goes, well, I never blew up a country. I didn't kill thousands. And it was just a matter of love. Idolatry leads to immorality. Four things were learned in Egypt and are prominent tools for the devil today. They are the four things that continue through history to take down nations and empires. A need for playing. God said man shall what? Work by the sweat of his brow? How many times do we need to do something just to occupy our time? We spend more time on entertainment than we do on God. Yes? Okay. So they're playing around. Exodus 32 and verse 6. Right? Look at this. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings. See, we got you know, to go to church on Sunday. People think we're not Christian. And they brought peace offerings. To what? An idol. And the people sat down to eat. All right. And and rose up to play. Isn't it interesting? Eating can be an idol. Especially in America. Gluttony is still a sin. Okay, we like to point to drug abuse, don't we? We like, like to point to alcohol, which is a form of a drug. Do you realize that what they put in our foods today are drugs? Think about it. I'm preaching to myself right now. You understand it, don't you? We've got to be careful. Then it's singing and shouting, screaming and sensual, chaotic voice. Look at verses 17 and 18, 32. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the... And that car next to you with the windows up and it's rocking. 
You know what my brother used to do? We had a, he had a record player. My father set it up. He put speakers in the kids' bedrooms. And my father would put an original, I've told this before, an original record, okay, the soundtrack of recording of the 1812th Overture. Do you know what that is? Quaker Puff Oats. da 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 Boom, boom, right? Well, this thing was recorded with cannon blast. And when my sisters wouldn't get up ready for school, my father would get ready to leave for work. He's going out the door. He'd flick on the record player. And it would start playing that in their bedrooms with speakers that if they touched them, they were going to get in trouble. So everybody was awake as my father left for work, and they were ready because you had six girls trying to use one bathroom getting ready for school. It's a noise of war. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Then they did what? They rose, they sat down to eat, overindulgence, and drink, overindulgence, and rose up to. How many of you know who the, the god Bacchus is? You ever notice that they have they show a picture of him, it leads to a Roman orgy, and it shows them eating and drinking, and what follows eating and drinking? Nakedness. Okay? So you got fleshly dancing. Godly dance would be celebrating. Is there dancing in the Bible? Yes. I always thought that. If there's nothing wrong with the dancing you're doing, then dance with your buddy the same way, guys. You understand what I'm saying? You wouldn't do that. You ever watch that with the, the Hebrew dancing, the way they show it? The men line up and, you know, and they the thing, I want you to understand, that's not fleshly. We live in a day and age where now men dance with men sensually because too many of sat down to eat and to drink, and rose up to play. Nothing new under the sun. This was not a leap for joy for God like David had with the bringing home of the ark. What do you see today? You don't believe me? Go to a gay pride parade. Observe it. Try to witness at it. Do you realize that exposure of genitals, whether they're female or male, in public is a crime punishable by jail time? Unless you're in a parade. That's why it's not being enforced today. What do you think happened out in front of our White House when they glorified what was taking place down there? Exposure. So you have just too much time. An idle mind is the devil's... Got it, right? Okay, it leads to nakedness. What was God's response to their sin? Frustration and anger. Yes, God gets angry. He does get angry. What do you think of God's response? Verses 9 and 10 of 32. 
And the Lord said, I have seen the people, and behold, this is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. I think God is also testing Moses. How about Moses' response? Verses 19 and 20. Moses waxed hot the minute he saw it. Does it bother you when you see it? Or you become numb to it? Because you've seen too much of it on your television. Moses gets angry. There's something we also see. Because God repented of what he was going to do. It wouldn't have been sin. It would have been righteous judgment. But you know what you see there with someone who was humble before God? He interceded in prayer. Intercessory prayer can change the mind of God. The judgment will come, but it won't come then. How many times you see the judgment was stayed and it was passed to a next generation? The judgment was stayed and it was passed to the next generation. God's more patient than us. But you have intercessory prayer, verses 11 through 14. He says, remember them. He, re- he refers them back to promises of Scripture. When you pray, do you just say, God bless this and God bless that and God please heal? Do you ever claim the promise? Do you realize he is the great physician? He can and does heal? Do you ever point to his holiness, his righteousness, his mercy, his grace? Verses that talk about him? God glorifies in that. We shouldn't continue to pray as little kids pray when they don't know Scripture. If we don't know it and we're an adults, we've been saved more than a couple of years, shame on us. There's Scripture verses with our Sunday school lesson. How many of you bothered to do them? It's quiet in here. Prayer can change God's mind. 1 Timothy 2.1 Exhort therefore that first of all supplication, prayers, and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Are you? And then you're supposed to pray for those in authority. I've already prayed this morning for God to save our president, our vice president, our senators, and if not, take them out of office. Because righteousness exalteth a nation, claiming God's scripture. But sin is a reproach to any people. What do you think about Aaron's response to when Moses put him on the spot? That's an excuse for weakness. It's an excuse for weakness. I'm afraid. Do you know that people are fleeing from our military in droves? They're finding it hard for those who would serve to sign up. Something happens as a nation. Where's our resolve? We can't choose to do right in this nation. People scream when they don't have it their way. Make excuses for what they're doing when they know that it's wrong. I love this. You know, 
Aaron was weak in his leadership, so he blamed the people and he blamed the gold. What is our news filled with? Not violence, man upon man, man upon woman, woman upon man, holding the people accountable. It's those stinking guns. Do you know there's guns in this church every Sunday and no, one, no gun has ever jumped out and shot any of us? But they're here for when someone comes in to do it, they will be shot? We blame it on an object. Well, I wouldn't do that if it wasn't for the TV. Turn it off. Well, you turn it off and then go to the bathroom. Hmm? Pull out your phone. He blamed it on the people and on the gold, the consequences of the idolatry. They took sides against God and 3,000 of them died. Read to me out loud verse 26 of Exodus 32. Ready? Start. Exodus 32, 26. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves unto him. Who was on the Lord's side? Moses taught the remaining people that their sin was great and the consequences of sin is what? For the wages of sin is death. They're all. You can't get away from it. I'm not telling you to walk up to somebody you see who's in sin when you go to the grocery store and punch them in the face and say, you don't have a right to do that. But you don't have the right to totally ignore what's going on. I have stepped in between about, through the years, 15 men who were abusing their wives in a public place. And said, you, you oughtn't do that. Don't tell me what you're, oh. You can say, well, you're big, yeah, but I'm old. When it's wrong, don't do it. Stand against it. When it's right, stand for it. Stand for it. You're not told, you're told to stand fast in the Lord and in the power of his might. Stand on the Lord's side. Moses said he'll make atonement for their sin, and what did it cost? Shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. God granted forgiveness. He continued to lead the children of Israel into the, towards the promised land, but they still had a what? A consequence for their sin. You find that in verses 30 through 35. And Moses was the place, even though he was angry with the people he was leading, he said, No greater love hath any man than this, but that a man lay down his life for his. He says, Lord, blot my name out of the book, but keep them. And God said, no, you answer for your own sin. Impatience leads to idolatries, and an idol is anything that you put ahead of God.
It can be your spouse. It can be your children. It can be your home. It can be your car. It can be the toys that you have that are tools. It can be your food. It can be what you drink. It can be what you put before your eyes. You can make anything an idol. Anything. When you won't see God and you try to look at that. And what does it do? It costs when? Every time. You notice we don't always get caught the very first time we do something. For the want of a nail, a shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, a horse was lost. For want of a horse, a rider was lost. For want of a rider, a battle was lost. For want of a battle, the war was lost. And all for the want of a horseshoe nail. It starts little as you feed it and it continues. Sin never stays in one place. It always grows. It starts with being impatient, turns into idolatry, which leads to immorality, which brings you to whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And all God's people said, Amen. Take a break.